Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Our Two Pens. I'm Leah. And I'm Vivian. And this week we'll be giving our two pens on body image. So, body image. Has the image that you've had of your body changed over the years, would you say? I feel like it has. And it may not necessarily be the image that I have of my body now, but the image of that I had of my body in the past has changed. Right. Because I feel like everyone has had this thing where when they were growing up, they felt like fat and ugly. Mm. And then they actually got to like their 20s and stuff. And then they looked back at what they looked like at 14 and they were like, babe, you were tiny. Yeah. It was all in your head. Yeah. And it makes you realise how much of the things that you see in yourself as horrible, as ugly, are all in your head. Mm. So I feel like nowadays I'm much more open to just being like, fuck it, let me take the photo of myself. Let me be in the in the photos. Let me take a selfie. Let me do all of these things. Because I've seen the fact that when time passes, you can look back at yourself and be a lot kinder to yourself and yeah. be like, oh no, baby, you were gorgeous. Mm. Whereas you, I, even now, I feel like I can't necessarily feel it about myself now. Yeah. But I feel that compassion towards a little baby me. And I know that in the future, I'll probably feel that compassion towards me as I am now. A hundred percent. I have looked at, I mean, to be fair, like during my teen years, I was big. It was bigger than I am now. And it's weird, right? Because then I... I'd always felt fat. I'd always felt like I was fat, I was fat, I was fat. And my family would tell me that I was fat because in my family, apparently all the women in my on my dad's side are fat. So I can't get away from being fat. That's what my mum would tell me. So that was like a constant reminder of what my weight was. Also, African parents, I feel like are so rude about their children's really appearances. Are. But go on. <laughs> they really are. And it's not okay. But yeah, so I've always just always seen myself as fat. Then That even like last year or two years ago where as I was the smallest I've ever been in my life, I still felt fat because my thighs are huge or my, my legs feel massive. But that's a part of my body. Like that's just who I am. It just goes to show that so much of how we see ourselves is psychological. Yeah. Like, it's not actually... It doesn't make sense. No, it's it's not related to anything. Because even then, I felt fat. Even then, I would complain and say, oh, my belly's so big. Oh, look, at my legs are so fat. And I was fitting into size six jeans. What? <laughs> that now when I look back, I'm just in shock that I thought that I was so big in comparison to what I look now or even what I used to look like prior to that time. I think all of that passing of time has helped me to see that how I feel is a lot more important. Yes. So I need to change that because realistically I look great. <laughs> no, you look fantastic. <laughs> so I just need to change my mindset to go along with what I look like. Yeah. As in there'll always be different things that I want. As in, it sounds weird, but the body that I had when I thought I was fat, that's the body that I want that now. That you want now, right? Oh my goodness, yeah. And it's like, I have at some part of my brain, it's like, Leah, be a realistic. You can't have a 16-year-old body. At 23. <laughs> unless you're Jada Pinkett Smith. <laughs> <laughs> but she eats right. She has probably personal trainers. Yeah, like, she's yeah. on job. She's on job. When it comes to going to the gym and, <laughs> and like, personal training yeah. and stuff. Mm. I also had... A complex, I wouldn't say it was a real, real complex, about the colour of my skin. 
Mm. Like, because my skin is dark, as in nowadays I appreciate it for the saving grace that it is in terms of, like, the likelihood that I'll get wrinkles or sunspots, like, being, you know, zero. (laughs) (laughs) Being reduced, as in sunspots. I don't think black people get sunspots. No. Um, But um, reducing the likelihood of getting wrinkles. And then also... A lot of my blemishes, people say, oh, your skin is great. I'm like, if you were to look closely, if I was to stretch my skin for you, you'd You'd see. see. But because my skin is so dark, it acts like a natural concealer. So that when I leave the house, I just fill in my eyebrows and it looks like I've, unless I have like a white head, even if I have a pimple that's slightly red, you don't see it. it. Yeah. So I feel like nowadays I see it as a blessing. But when I was younger, like one of my favorite colors still to this day to wear is black mm. because it goes with everything. And when you're looking for clothes on your bedroom floor, you can just pick a couple black items together and you have an outfit that goes. But when I was a kid, I remember there's this black dress in Primark that I really, really wanted. And my mom told me to put it back because she says that I'm too dark to wear it. Wow. Yeah, there's a lot of hatred that comes from our mothers and I don't know why they do it. My mom literally flips back and forth between like a comment like that and being like Leah you know you're so beautiful I could drink your blood wow I think I think that's something that is a phrase in in Swahili or Tesso or Luya that didn't quite translate right right okay <laughs> or maybe <laughs> I hope <laughs> or your mum is a secret vampire <laughs> maybe but like she literally swings back and forth between that mm. I feel like she's much more kind to me now I would agree I would agree that my I think now my mum sees the effects of like how much it affects me that my body isn't what I want it to be that she's a lot more supportive and she's like you're not fat stop saying you're fat if you want to go to the gym that's fine but you're not fat you're fine just the way you are blah blah and it's really interesting because that love was what I needed when I was younger like right now unfortunately the damage is already done in my head Growing up, I pretty much saw my pet. Like they say that if you see your parents dieting, that it affects your idea of like image size and food. And I pretty much, I feel like as a constant, was my mum going on different diets. Right. And I think there was even her and a group of friends who tried lighter life, which mm. is basically when you drink like three liters of water and a couple of shakes. And I think maybe you have one meal. Yeah. And that was like a trend that was going around like the mums in our area. Mm. But I like just stuff like that that you don't necessarily realise how it affects you. Yeah. Because um, Vivian and I were talking about our relationship with food and the way that it relates to body image. And because I felt so huge, even when I was like in, in, in primary school, when I was 10, I went to a different primary school and there we always had cooked meals. Yeah. Then I, when I moved to a state primary school for my year six we had to start packing our own lunches and I just didn't. Yeah. So there'd be periods of time where I wouldn't eat breakfast. I wouldn't eat lunch at school and I'd come home and I'd eat like all of the biscuits. And then I'd have to pretend to be hungry to eat dinner mm. so that I works because I couldn't say yeah. I ate all the biscuits. Yeah. No, you couldn't. <laughs> it was tr- big trouble you'll get in there. Yeah. And then like that on top of seeing my parents dieting on top of being like, do you know what? Maybe I should diet. Yeah. You know? And then like the crazy diets. Like I remember... There would be times where I'd be like, oh my God, please, please let me just have anorexia for three months. That way... To get the ideal body. Yeah. And then it can go away. Yeah. That's not how it works. I think I even tried making myself throw up. I think I made myself throw up twice just to see what it was like. And then the third time to show my friends at school I could make myself throw up. Wow. And then after that, my gag reflex just evolved. (laughs) (laughs) And it's it's not happened since. (laughs) 
but just imagine like what was going on in my head for me to be like let me just try a bit of let me just try and bring on bulimia Bulimia. that looks like a good idea anorexia oh I please I wish I had I remember thinking oh if only I had diabetes that way I would have to control my sugar intake like wishing bad things on yourself just to get this body that your body was already great as it was imagine it's so it's so 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 scary I think in a weird way remember like I think it was like two years ago as well we were coming home from Cardiff and I had the worst stomach pains I couldn't walk or anything turns out that I had an ulcer that was there for a long time because I was fasting but then as I was fasting I wasn't eating you was you're supposed to eat when you fast and when you break your fast and before you continue fasting so I wasn't eating and I was fasting throughout the day and I was studying and I was working and I was doing all of those things at the same time but my body looked fantastic and I loved it but in that time I felt that my body still isn't what I want it to be. I would complain that my bum was too small now, you know, my belly's too big, my boobs were saggy. In my head, obviously, this isn't really what was happening. So then this year, I remember my friend asked me, she's like, okay, so Viv, what is your ideal body? Like, what do you actually want your body to look like? I don't know. I don't know what I want my actual body to look like. I said to you, I would like a flat stomach, but I think even when I get a flat stomach, there will be something there'll be another problem area that I will hold on to and say okay now I want that thing to change and then once that thing changes and it's like oh but now my bum is gone okay so now I have to try and get a bigger bum but as I get my bigger bum oh now I need to get a flat stomach so it's just a vicious cycle of finding another insecurity to hold on to because first of all I need to deal with the mental absolutely like I right now I have like a mental list of things that I want to get done yeah and it's like first of all I want to lose 20 pounds because my ideal body has evolved from being other people to being me at 16 but fitter and like slightly chunky (laughs) (laughs) as in I basically want to be stronger like I want to be myself at a much healthier body fat percentage so I want to lose like 10% body fat I want to be stronger. I want to be more toned. Like, I want people to see my calf muscle. I want people to see the quad muscle around my thigh a bit. So that when I'm, you know, wearing shorts, I've never actually worn shorts, like, in the streets. Other than one time when I was in Italy and I felt so uncomfortable, I went into the toilet to change into a skirt. Oh, wow. So other than PE, I've never, like, just been comfortable. Like, I've always felt like my body was too hideous for the public to see. Wow, okay, yeah. So my my image is, is that, but my boobs slightly higher, my teeth whiter, mm. my eyebrows fuller, mm. my gum, all this, like, I want to get my gums tattooed so they're all brown. I want to get my teeth taken in, like, it's literally like three milliliters. <laughs> I want to get my teeth taken in three or four millimeters so that they're less sticky outy. Right. It's a minute thing. But it's because we see our faces, we see our bodies all the time, so we nitpick at ourselves. I want to get my stretch marks removed. Same. I want to get plastic surgery on my feet because I have two sticky uppy toes and I want to get those done. Maybe get my bunions shaved at the same time. You're like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> you're looking at me like I'm crazy, but I'm like, no, I have a mental list. No, because you're going through them and I was just like, wow, I've never noticed any of these things. <laughs> but go off, sis. <laughs> I mean, we've spoken about your toes in the past, but like you, you actually have a list of things you want to I do. I do. Yeah. I remember one time saying to this guy that I lived with, oh, I have such weird feet. And he, I don't know why he felt so comfortable to do this. He literally pricked up my foot to look at it. And I'm just being like, oh, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? Yeah. Uh, maybe my feet will turn out to be an erogenous zone that is yet untapped. This is what I'm saying. In that whole thing of you want to be cuddled, let somebody cuddle your feet, babe. <laughs> 
and then decide afterwards <laughs> whether or not you need to get it, you know, fixed or something. Even with dating profile pictures, like I'll pick obviously my best pictures to showcase myself in the best possible light. Mm. But then I'll panic on the train being like, do I look like my pictures? You do. <laughs> but I feel like I'm catfishing. I'm like, yeah. I don't feel as pretty as I look in that picture. Right. So that means it's not true, right? No, it doesn't. Because people don't post ugly pictures of themselves. You know this. You know this. People don't post ugly pictures of themselves. And also, you are that pretty because if you weren't, you wouldn't look like that in a picture. (laughs) (laughs) But angles and lighting. No, but you're acting as if we're like professional photographers here, as if we've got 500... We've only got sunlight, boo. (laughs) And the torches when and we're assisting torch each when, other. When we're in the club and it's dark and you're literally there like, hold on a minute, let me get my phone out and put my torch on before we take a picture. <laughs> That's literally all we have. So how outrageous can you look? You don't even use Photoshop. You don't use face gene that a lot of people do on Instagram. So how different can you look from your face? One thing that I realised is I was never really a makeup person. Yeah. This is not for lack of trying. It's just like when we were growing up in like high school, the only real makeup that you could get in our shades was MAC. Yeah. And like Lancome, like those they more expensive, expensive brands. Yeah. So it wasn't like we could just go into the high street store. So I always just had to deal with my face as it was. Yeah. It was only when I was like 18 that I like dabbled with stuff. Like this was just dabbling with eyeshadow. The first time that I actually properly tried on foundation was I think when me and you, we went to the MAC store. This was like in our, was it second or third year? It was, it might have been third year. It was a long time. Yeah. And this was when we went to um, the MAC store and we got samples. I think yeah. that was when I was like oh foundation yeah. when I was like 20 <laughs> literally 2021 yeah so it was only since um then that I've been like dabbling with makeup and trying it and which I looking back on I'm like that's such a blessing because yeah. I grew to really appreciate my face and there would be weeks at a time where I would just like be filled with energy in the morning and mm. I would like do like a not even a full face but I would do makeup in the morning and I'm going to work yeah. and I'd notice at the moment that I would take it off I'd be like what the hell yeah I look hideous yeah and it's because you get so used to the certain image of yourself yeah a hundred percent like I do a lot more makeup than you so I've had to really make a conscious effort to not wear makeup that often because you do fall into the trap of thinking this is what my face is when when I finish doing my contour my highlight everything I'm like oh you know you get moved and everything and then you take it all off and the attention goes and whatever goes and then you're just there like okay this is what I look like I remember even at work when I put makeup on my colleagues were like oh my goodness you're so beautiful and I was like what because I put makeup on they're like no it's just was I not beautiful yesterday was I not beautiful yesterday like the comments just kept rolling in and I was just like okay I have to stop wearing makeup because I can't deal with this on a daily basis because again, it will skew my my mental space of like my face. And interestingly enough, I've never had a problem with my face. It's just always been my body. Like I've never looked at myself and thought, oh my God, you're hideous. I've always just thought my body's hideous. So I don't know where those two things kind of come together. Same with me. My problem is majority of the time been my body. Yeah. Then I feel like... I feel like I never had like real issues with skin so it wasn't that much of a concern for me yeah my face 
But you did bring up a good point about how other people react to you affects your sense of self. Mm. It shouldn't. <laughs> Part twist. <laughs> your self-esteem should come from inside. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. definitely when we were growing up and people started getting attention from boys, mm. that's when I was like, oh, I must be ugly. Yeah. Because I just was not getting any. Yeah. Obviously, that's not true. No, it's not or true. Or maybe it kind of was. There's sometimes I look at myself in my primary school pictures and I'm just like, my mom, like, she, it clearly looks like she just didn't care what I looked like when I went to go to school. Like, I look at hair stuff now for kids and I'm like, I'm going to be so well prepared. My kids are going to look so good going to school because there'll be times that I look at my pictures now and I'm like, I looked hideous. Mm. what is this why did you let me go out to, to school like it's this school like it's because me. i didn't know what i was doing in my hair because i was a child and she didn't know or care what, what was happening with my hair either so right. i just went out with like crazy hair right right not even prison braids <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah yeah and i felt like that definitely affected um my body image and to the point where i've always kind of felt like pretty but not pretty enough Mm. to get anyone's attention or to have people approach me Mm. because back in primary school I had a friend (laughs) I had um, a friend called Liam looking back on this I've not actually spoken to him since primary school right but I remember I used to call him after school like we would phone each other oh wow for some reason I think I I remembered his phone number off by heart and I remember him saying to me I think I had a bit of a crush on him and him saying to me if I wasn't dating this girl I'd be dating you Right, so ever since then. I've just been like, oh, okay, so I'm second best. Second best, yeah. And I need to be like Amber and be like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you need to be like Amber. I need to walk in the spirit of Amber Gill and just be like, I'm not having it. No. I'm not second fiddle. I'm not second best. I'm number one or don't move to me at all. Don't move me, yeah, don't move to me at all. I mean, he was probably, what, six? (laughs) He was ten. Ten. He knew what he was doing. (laughs) That's the age of criminal responsibility. No. <laughs> no, so I don't think he meant it, but he was being stupid. Don't say things mm. like that. No, I agree because I've always felt like, this is so random, but I've always felt like the ugly one in my friendship group. Same. Right? Okay. I think there was even a film, was it The Duff, The Designated Ugly Fat Friend? Oh, is that what Duff stands for? Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I've always felt, I felt like all of my friends are so beautiful mm so pretty they dress so well and I've just always felt like the ugly duckling in the friendship group and I don't know why maybe it's because I don't put myself out there enough like we've said before but then you don't get moved to like that but then they always get moved to you feel like oh maybe it's because I'm butters or I don't give off the right vibes or whatever so when I moved to Cardiff I because I didn't have any of my friends there I made a conscious effort to to self-affirm myself because I was getting to a point where I just thought I was hideous and I'm not hideous (laughs) so it was just like okay you have to get to a place where you truly love yourself but that's difficult and that's a process and that that takes a lot more work than just hating yourself actually because it's like you have to constantly tell yourself no you're beautiful whenever you have a negative thought you have to constantly replace it with something positive and choosing yourself over and over and over and over again is a lot more difficult than people like people who preach wellness and 
self-love and self-whatever, self-care make it seem. So when I moved to Cardiff, I made it like a thing where I would look at myself in the mirror every single day, every single day and say, oh my God, you're so gorgeous. You're so beautiful. And that's why you guys always make made fun of me. Do you remember you'd be like, Viv is the only person that I know will finish dressing up and say, wow, you need to give other people a chance. Because I had to do that to deal with all the other turmoil that I was going through in my head. And it did help, to be honest. I think I definitely need to try that because I feel like my self-esteem literally swings like a pendulum. Mm. Like there'll be some days that I'm like, I'm so hideous. God does not love us all equally because Bellamy Young exists and she looks like a princess. (laughs) Or Laurie Harvey exists. I'm like, I'm like, it's not equal. But then sometimes I'm like, oh no, you're not ugly. You're just poor. And then other days I'll just be like, you know what? Wow. There'll be other days where I'm literally catching my reflection on every surface and I'm just like, wow look at me nobody can touch me mm-hmm. nobody can speak to me don't chat to me anyhow don't talk to me anyhow you can't talk to me anyhow fam <laughs> and then, then it will just swing back again and yeah. then swing back and forth and i feel like i need to have like a much more consistent like a much more solid foundation for my self-esteem yeah i don't think my level of self-confidence is <laughs> sustainable for a lot of yeah it is because i'm just overly confident in myself i would say there's no such thing i think no no i think it's a very very british thing to be self-deprecating and to minimize ourselves it's true in america they're shouting about themselves from the rooftops and it's encouraged no you're right you're right because i say things like i look sensational with a red lip i don't don't do i don't think that's that's what they put in the adverts that is they say say, they say lip sensational moisture hydration Mm. fantastic bouginess that's what they put in the advert you're getting your money's worth that's what it's in the advert you you look sensational in a red lip you're right you're right so that's really helped me moving forward and also just downloading tinder and getting super likes (laughs) (laughs) this is the thing I need to stop using Tinder as a tool for self-affirmation. It's really bad. Because I don't use it for dating. I'll be honest. The I don't. I just swipe to see, will this guy that I think is cute match with me? A lot of times, no. But when it does happen, you're like, <laughs> and you like jump up and down. And it's like, it's a game. It's a game. It's a game. No, I, I used to do that a lot. And I have to stop. I have to stop. You know another place that you can get self-confidence from that you shouldn't? Porn. Right. Hold on. I'll explain. I was waiting. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. There is something about seeing women of every single size, every shape, long droopy breasts, big bulbous breasts, fake breasts, no titties, big booties, small booties, stretch marks on the outer thigh, inner thigh, everything in between, getting dicked down with gusto, hmm. that makes you think, oh, okay, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be someone in this world that will be like, hmm, with, you know, with enthusiasm. Be like, don't worry, I got you. Obviously, this is just to show the, the diversity in port probably isn't the best. But even from that, even from the small sample, I think because of amateur stuff, it's becoming a lot more democratic and a yeah. lot more evenly spaced. Mm. But just from that, just being like, oh wow, okay, the breadth of people that can be considered sexy. Like, there's been fat categories in porn since before they were put on magazine. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that that's the standard <laughs> that we should be living by, but there have been, you know, people of of different, even though it's 
<laughs> even though it's fetishistic there have been women of other races and stuff put on pedestals as sexy as wonderful right where you may not necessarily get that on like your rom-com yeah oh you're right that's true that's true because but- i feel like when are black women seen as sexy as in not in like an in, fair enough porn is like over over sexualized but like as sexy as cute as the person that you want to date not a lot unless you watch even when you watch like black led films they're always depicted as crazy and it's a very specific type of black woman that is the romantic that interest. is the romantic interest yeah and they're lighter the, skin they're the light to medium skin yeah <laughs> not our color no. <laughs> they're the racially ambiguous ones mm-hmm. so, so yeah even in that that you look to for some sort of validation it's just find it inside yourself yeah it would be nice to see it outside as well it would be and do you know what i found really difficult to navigate is how body types and the ideal body has changed over the years so when we were younger the ideal body type was to be super super thin long legs very very tall I think this is linked to why a lot of people had like anorexia, bulimia. There was high eating disorders because we were all trying to achieve this body type. Now, you know, turn the clock to 2019, 2020. The ideal is to have a massive butt, really, you know, thick thighs, small waist, big breasts, sometimes small breasts. And I have that body type, but I hate my body. So it's weird that that's the ideal. It's because that's the ideal, but the ideal hasn't been presented necessarily in your skin. Right. If you were racially ambiguous, mixed race, with green eyes, and you had your same body, then you'd be on a... It'd be a different thing. You're right. I'd be one of those boohoo girls. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even shop at boohoo. But yeah, like, that's been difficult for me because I'm like, oh, but my body is widely accepted as in people are Mm. going into surgery. Your lips are widely accepted. My lips, you know, everything, but I don't like them. So what is wrong with me? Do you know when you're like, oh, what's wrong with me that everybody wants this, but I don't want it. Like, oh, you've got thick thighs. Oh, you must be so happy that your butt is so big. And it's like, no, not really. I would like it to be a bit smaller and stuff like that. And people like taking abdomen. Do you know what abdomen is? No. It's this medicine that it's used for horses. Huh? I've read and women are taking them to increase their appetite so that they can eat more and put on weight just because they want to have the ideal body type wow yeah so it's that other end of the spectrum where people are going online to find stuff to put on weight and here i am trying to lose it (laughs) (laughs) honestly nobody is well (laughs) we're all mad in this world let's just stop it amidst we are I, I don't i honestly think that unless we kind of have like a stable foundation of self-belief from the inside yeah. we're not going to be happy you should never look towards meeting a trend the same way that they say that with your wardrobe stick to the staples and what works for you yeah. <laughs> rather than chasing trends it should also be that with body as well yeah a hundred percent so like looking into the future because we're nearing 25 i'm just thinking like I have to do better. I have to love myself more. The way I hate my body is not normal. That The sad thing is that it is. I know it is, but it's like, it's so sad that I look at a picture of myself and I immediately I zoom in on the worst part, which is to me, my stomach. <laughs> See, this is the thing. I would never have thought about that coming from you. Because... I know, because I'm so like, oh, I look sensational in a red lip. <laughs> 
I'm so outwardly confident. But yeah, when I see myself, I'm just like, oh my goodness, you're so fat. You're so fat. I'm not fat. The reality is I'm not fat. But yeah, I have to do more to love my body. And the thing is, there's this weird balance between understanding that like I understand the whole like the whole like fat phobia nonsense is irrational yeah but at the same time I'm like I think that I would look really good 25 pounds lighter yeah (laughs) so hold that thought I'm just gonna eat my salad and I'm just gonna go to the gym (laughs) yes why not I, I okay I feel like my goal is to actually just cut out a lot of the junk in my food because I feel like from years and years and years of binge eating, (laughs) this is why I'm just like, I feel like my metabolism must be amazing for me to be at the size that I am now when there have been times, like I think it was even a month or so ago, I was eating a red velvet M&S cake on the way home from work on the train. (laughs) And this man was just looking at me and I I wanted to look at him like, my My job is this, okay? (laughs) Don't look over here. As in like, the amount of like food that I've like hidden in my room, the wrappers that I've gotten rid of, and I've been like, oh, let me just hide. Like I've had wrappers that I've like hidden in my room because I was too ashamed to put them in the house bin. Mm-mm-mm. So I put them in my bag so that I could throw them on the bin on the way to the train station, at the train station, and in my little bin just, at like, work. Dump them everywhere so they can't connect them to you. <laughs> but yeah. my goal, honestly, is just to like release myself from the bondage of food. Food is a bondage, honestly. It's my drug of choice. Yeah. I'm sure heroin is nice, but I honestly think I prefer food. No, chicken, that bitch. <laughs> For me, it's there's something magical about the consistency of a cake. Mm. The sponge, the buttercream, mm. the whole just the whole situation. Sometimes I want something flaky. Yeah. Like a pastry. So, you know, sometimes I want something fudgy. So you know, there's just like different textures. <laughs> Yeah. God release us from the bondage of food. (laughs) I just feel like the moment that I actually start eating to nourish my body. Yes, rather than for pleasure. I feel like there can be pleasure in nourishing your body. No, but I'm saying that now my only sole purpose. Only only goal is pleasure. But it needs to be like, you need to make nourishment and pleasure hold hands. Yeah. And coexist. You know when they put two warring children in that t-shirt and make them get along? (laughs) Yes. That's what you need to do with nourishment and pleasure. Yeah, 100%. Because there was a a time when I went on like a no-carb diet. The best thing I ever did. Honestly, I felt so good. See, the thing is that there's so much conflicting evidence is that I love carbs and that lots of people in China and like Asian countries are slim and they eat rice. They eat tons of rice in mm. Japanese culture. So it's like, it depends on portion sizes because yeah. their portion sizes are tiny. Small. Yeah, And there's so many vegans who are high carb vegans who are tiny yeah. because it depends on at the end of the day, your calorific intake and the nutrients that you're getting. So yeah. it just, I feel like all of these different diets are just different ways to restrict. Like they say that keto diet is no more better at making you lose weight than another diet because at the end of the day, it's just the amount of calories that you end up restricting. Yeah. The same with fasting diets, the same with like going to Mediterranean. It's like different things that you're eliminating, whether you're eliminating a time, like a window of time that you can eat or certain food groups. Mm in order for you to eat other things. It's just, it's still a form of limitation for you to get less calories in. Yeah. The reason why I went on a low-carb diet is because I watched this YouTube video. Um, She's called Gage Girl Training. And she basically talks about all the different summer types. So it's basically like, if you're a mesomorph, ectomorph, or an endomorph, 
did I say endomorph already? Endomorph, mesomorph, and ectomorph. Yeah. So it turns out I think I'm either an endomorph or an a mesomorph. So an endomorph is somebody that puts on weight really, really quickly but isn't able to lose that weight really, really quickly. So they're usually like my my height, a bit curvier at the bottom. So when you do exercise and stuff, you have to do like high rep training to be able to burn fat before then you can tone. But then it also means that you retain weight really quickly. So if you eat a lot of carbohydrates, your body just stores it as fat. And a mesomorph is someone like Janet Jackson who can literally balloon and then lose all of that weight and then go up and down and yo-yo and all of that. So I don't know because I have, I'm naturally a very muscly person. So I don't know if I'm a mesomorph that looks like an endomorph because I'm short. I feel like I'm a very naturally muscular person to the point where when I do a little bit of weightlifting, that definition will last with me for months. It's mad, isn't it? For months and months. People are like, oh, have you gone to the gym? And I'm like, um, I went to the gym six months ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because you know how we were... I even have ab lines. And I'm like, I, I've not done I've not done anything. Point. Like, where has this come from? I've always had thigh muscle to the point where when I was younger, I used to get mad leg cramps just because... I was so muscly and I I would walk around a lot. So that's why I went on a low carb diet because I was trying to see whether or not I was endomorph or mesomorph. And I think I am a mesomorph just because of how quickly I was able to lose the weight just by not eating carbs. But they do say that with a low carb diet, you lose weight very, very quickly because your body is forced to use all the fat stores. This is so irrelevant. No, but it's a, then it becomes a problem of maintenance. See, the thing is, yeah. I want—I was saying that in my New Year's resolu- in our New Year's resolutions app that I want to lose weight so slowly because I never want to put it back on again. Yeah. As in, obviously, right. obviously there'll be life circumstances, but I don't want to put it back on because of you fell off. A- the diet yeah, wagon yeah yeah as in like if it, if my metabolism or whatever changes and and time shifts and hormones change okay then so be it if i'm healthy but I, I don't want it to be because i fell off of this unsustainable thing yeah that's why i i came off the low carb diet because it became very obvious that the fact that i have to think so literally and logical about my food just isn't sustainable for me long term and also because my life is so unstable right now literally I went to Denmark and I came back and I and I already I I don't eat the way I used to so because I don't have that stability it's very difficult for me to start a lifestyle and keep it going yeah yeah I also find that I'm I'm very very susceptible to disordered eating Mm. that's been evidenced in my binging the fact that I was like hoping for anorexia (laughs) tried bulimia yeah but then also one time I tried like my fitness pal and like weighing food and stuff like that. Oh, no. And I, it would take me so long to cook because I would weigh everything. Mm. I would weigh the clove of garlic. I would weigh how, how much onion I was using. I would weigh how much oil I was using. I would weigh how much of the seasoning I was using mm. to the point where it took so much effort to cook and calculate calories of everything that I just didn't eat. No, it's just too long. Like I would have like a packet of crisps, scan it and be like, that's it. Because it's bad, I'm just not going to eat anything else today. Yeah. And that would be like, I just wouldn't eat. There's some people who can count calories, count macros and everything and be fine. And there's people like me who will, my brain will go cuckoo and I'll just be like, um, I can't eat. I can't eat, yeah. But the best advice anybody's ever given me was by my friend Grethia. And she said, she's actually prone to gaining weight because of something with her body and stuff she's like Viv I'm never gonna stop eating so I just have to exercise 
So that's her compromise. Her compromise is that she's going to eat whatever she wants to eat, but she has to go to the gym every single day. And that's reasonable. <laughs> it is. If you if you go to the gym for like half an hour, just yeah. half an hour of exercise to eat whatever you want to but eat. But that's the thing. Year. You can't eat whatever you want to eat because you can't out-train a bad diet. No, but what's a bad diet? As in, like, you can't be like, oh, I'm going to have pizza for breakfast, I'm going to have burger for lunch, I'm going to have noodles for dinner. But then you wouldn't do that if you were going to the gym. You'd be surprised. Really? <laughs> no, because I went to the... Remember when I when I was going to the gym more regularly? Mm-hmm. I just... Those things just... You just won't... You won't be attracted to them. Y- you say that. I paid money out of my own pocket to get a personal trainer for you the did. summer. You actually did. And she had, like, a... She made, like, a nutrition plan... And this is how I know the power. Do you know what? I think different bodies are susceptible to exercise more than others. Okay. I feel like my body really is susceptible to exercise because I kept my same crappy diet. I kept still going to M&S to go get their <laughs> coffee and walnut cake. Oh my God. M&S cake, just, just get all of them, okay? Get all of the lemon drizzle, I just the chocolate. If you go to a bigger one, you can get like cottage cream and strawberry. It's like the Victoria one. It's Victoria, but with actual icing. Oh, stop. You can get passion fruit. Okay, I digress. (laughs) I was still eating crappy, was going to see a personal trainer once a week. I think I maybe trained another time in the week, went to pole classes, and this was weightlifting and HIIT workouts. Mm. And I still lost weight and put on muscle. Yeah. From eating cake. From (laughs) eating cake, yeah. So that's what I'm saying, like... Maybe not have the worst diet, like eating pizza every single day in the morning for breakfast, but... Like eating reasonably, but exercising every single day, you'll be surprised. I'm talking about maintenance of weight, mm. not necessarily like, okay, Losing. I'm going to, to lose weight. Because then obviously you have to combine it with diet. But if you're trying to just have sort of the same weight, be at the same level, honestly, exercising every single day, you'll be surprised the the kind of effects it can have on your body. I think it was Matthew McConaughey that said that he likes to sweat every day. Mm. whether it's even if it's not necessarily going to the gym he's like running around with his kids i feel like i have room in my bedroom i can do like a dance workout i can do like i actually like those i want to try doing more of those try and find more workouts that i like i enjoy pole classes aerial stuff i want to do more of those just because those are really muscle heavy Mm. i feel like stuff that gets my muscles tired you enjoy that mm. yeah you can even do like pilates Pilates is hard. It's hard, but it, it will make you sweat. And you don't even have to pay for a class. You can do it right here in your bedroom. I remember when I was in high school, I used to do blogilates at lunchtime. Wow. Me and my friend Georgina would like take an empty room and, and we would like have mats and we would just we wouldn't even have mats sometimes and we would just pick like three or four blogilates videos to do in a row together. That's, That's the kind of person I need now. Just no. someone to hold like to be hold me accountable and be like, Are we doing Pilates at lunch? We're doing Pilates at lunch. Great. Let's, let's go. go. Yeah. Find someone at work you can do that with. Because I will be honest, because I had those girls to go to the gym with, I went. But if I have to go by myself, ah do I go? No. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, having someone to hold you accountable is actually really, really helpful as well but in general like when it comes to body image a lot of it is in our heads it's not it's not that it's not real but it's not real because it's only based on an arbitrary idea you have of what you would like your body to look like or what you would want your whole physique to look like in your face and everything but then sometimes you achieve those things without even knowing that you've achieved them 
but still are worried about x y and z and then you that's probably why plastic surgery is so addictive it is because you keep finding new things that you can fix straight away yeah so i think just being comfortable with the fact that you'll never achieve perfection that's a myth because the trend will change tomorrow Mm -hmm. it'll change the year after that like Remember when people used to tweeze their eyebrows? Now eyebrows are bushy. Eyebrows are in. People are getting hair transplants into their eyebrows. Wow! On top of eyebrow extensions and eyelash extensions and all of those things, mm-hmm. I heard that people are getting transplants, and I was like, "Eh, uh-huh. okay." That's a bit. If you much. have the money to spend, do you know what you can do? So you could probably buy a house deposit. <laughs> <laughs> the elephant in the room that we haven't spoken of in terms of body images, BBLs. Okay. See. I feel like I've always kind of liked my bun. Mm-hmm. It's never, it's not as firm as I would like it to be. Mm-hmm. But then who even said it had to be firm? Some people like the jiggle. Listen, men love the jiggle. I've been told. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, I don't know, maybe because I'm not necessarily consuming media in that sense. Like I'm not following video girls and and the kind of people that have had BBLs, BBLs, that I'm not, it's not in my timeline as often or as frequently. Right. So I just feel like it's not going to influence me because I've always just been lucky to have my my bum sit at the top of my back. Listen, Leah's bum is so high. (laughs) (laughs) The altitude your bum sits at. (laughs) So it's never been anything that I've considered. I've just wanted to shape it and to like tone it along with like the rest of my thigh. Yeah. Um, So yeah, um, I can't relate. (laughs) I, on the other hand, <laughs> can't also relate. <laughs> However, I do follow, I don't follow those video girls, but I'm prone to seeing a lot more of those type of posts because I like stuff to do with like hair and makeup. And somehow they, they're they all linked to me because, you know, all these influencers, they're basically all, you know, intertwined on Instagram. And I remember years ago before I finally came off Instagram, oh, it's all I would see and I would just look at myself and think why doesn't my body look like that although I say that I have the ideal body it's still not at the level that their body is at because they have very 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 small waist massive massive bums thin thin thighs like Khloe Kardashian's legs are like chicken thighs okay but yeah I feel like the people in my timeline are more natural and I also recently did a big cull like, I regularly do culls on Instagram where I go through and I'm like, if anybody makes me feel any type of way, I get Taking rid of them. Off, yeah. There's a lot of fitness Instagrammers I need to get rid of. Not because they've done anything wrong, but just because I'm like, y- you posting about exercise all the time is making makes me, me feel, feel like crap. So just, you can so, go. So yeah, no, no negative energy. You can go. And also, I just imagine the pressure for the younger generation. Because if you're taking medicine that's supposed to be for horses to put on weight so that you can have the bbl body you know bbl is like the second isn't it the most dangerous Mm. surgery you can do like it kills a lot of people and the fact that you are willing not to only like it's one thing to for us to do like a yo-yo diet or to binge eat or to hate your body internally but to go under the knife and risk my life so that i can have a bbl body I just, I can't imagine. I can't imagine that my insecurity pushing me to do something like that. They will also argue that they're not insecure, by the way. They will say that they're doing it because they want to and everything. But I'm sorry, there is a level of insecurity if you're deciding to risk your life for a body type. 
because not everyone is supposed to have a bbl body can i just reiterate that like you have a bum i have a bum but our bums are very different types of butts and the way our bodies are shaped are very different now everybody that has a bbl can't all feel like their butts should be like a bbl butt true can't all feel like oh they should have a small waist that can't that can't be like that has to be an insecurity do you see my point like Mm. There's yeah. something that was put in your brain that made you think that this is the thing that you should be striving for. Exactly. When your body the way it was should be acceptable the way it is. Yeah. Like, it's okay to say, me looking at my body, I want a flat stomach. But me having a flat stomach does not give me a BBL body. It gives me, like, a flat stomach with thighs and a bum or whatever. And that does not look like a BBL body. Even at my smallest, I didn't have a BBL body. But I I still had like the proportion. So I that's why I'm always like, you know, like this desirability for that shape. Where has it come from? And how far can it go? I feel like maybe we might end up looking like the people in the Hunger Games. Where they're all like <laughs> super fashionable. Or I think, who knows, people might end up going back towards more natural looks. Because they say that the next wave that will likely come after this big moment of overexposure in social media is that people will really learn to value privacy and that the next generation will be all about privacy in their own space and and blah 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 i'm looking forward to that who knows i honestly i think i was seeing this thing on twitter someone put a post saying they think they're like oh beyonce is so boring beyonce is so boring and someone and beyonce like they tagged an interview that she did where she said that she basically just wants to be known for her voice it's not everything in her personal life that she wants to post so it's not that she's boring it's that she doesn't think it's any of your business she's up to (laughs) how did we get on this tangent (laughs) somehow beyonce always ends up here as she rightfully should be but, but I even appreciate people like Beyonce showing the level of work that it takes to get her yeah, body. Yeah, right. And it's, I feel like that's one thing that I can appreciate about the social media age is that from seeing these fitness Instagrammers, you're seeing how hard they work, how much effort it takes, what their actual diets are like to get the body that they have. I think it was um, from the Eternals, there was an actor called Kumail who... Um, basically i'll tag it into the i'll put it into the description bar he basically did this post on instagram about how he's like the fittest and like most ripped that he's ever been in his whole life but at the same time he understands why he never was like that before and he basically says that he has had access to like the world's best nutritionist and personal trainers because he's working on a new marvel movie so the studio is able to pay for those things for him so he Mm. says that he has this amazing body now and he loves it but at the same time he understands now why he never had that before because of all of the work and the teamwork and having the time to do it like there are not many jobs that will give you the time and the space to go work out like on your body right yeah apart from in like this industry where how you look like matters yeah yeah so i feel like that's been something that i've been appreciative of from social media it's just seeing the behind the scenes seeing how much how much work goes into it yeah like just yeah seeing the process yeah even even like as silly as this may sound the fact that you can just go to get a bbl to because now you know that these people aren't born with (laughs) micro wastes and a massive bum you know that they've had it surgically enhanced and if you want that for yourself you know exactly what to ask for 
at you know to the doctors and they'll give it to you so yeah it does have that sort of two side story to it for so many things that have become more transparent like even stuff now to do with wigs yeah i remember people used to feel self-conscious about their hair looking at themselves like how come i look like this and the people in the magazines and stuff look like that and then to learn that for years and years and years everybody has had extensions wigs and and like u-part wigs and clip-ins and stick and tape wigs. like literally literally since yeah. the beginning of like motion pictures <laughs> and we just didn't have any clue and even with makeup you know people are like oh let's go back to the time where women didn't wear makeup they were wearing makeup mm-hmm they they were highlighting even when they were crushing beetle things and doing coal in the egyptian era people mm-hmm. were doing makeup people were always looking for ways to enhance their features 100 percent. cleopatra used to bathe in milk to keep her skin looking young i'm going to try that when i have a nice bath and a lot of milk and see what happens wow yeah i think we should end the episode there <laughs> We have had a lot to discuss about body image. We are both clearly still on a journey. It's going to be a long one. It's basically going to be on this journey until we die. I just hope that we get to a place where we're more loving towards our bodies, where it doesn't look like the most horrible thing to us. And that might not be now, that might not be next year, but I hope in the near future we become more loving towards our bodies because it's our home it's our home it's the only one that we'll ever have yeah it's one i was born with it's one i'll die with so better start loving it now before babies come and ruin it i sometimes worry about that can i get someone to have my baby so that i wouldn't have to this is the thing i wish that i could carry it for a little bit just to fill the just to fit the get rid to someone else you know what the way technology is going now who knows well i've been leah (laughs) And I've been Vivian, and this has been RT Pence on Body Image. On Body Image. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at R2Pence. That's O U R, the number two, P E N C E. Thank you guys. We honestly hope that you guys have a better time of this whole life thing. <laughs> yeah, we're a mess, <laughs> but we're trying. Bye! Bye. <laughs>